Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Liberty Squadron Podcast. My name is Andrew Lewinsky, and this week I am joined with Brett Freeman. Hello everyone. Chance Crawford. Hello, hello. Zach Hady. Hello. And we have a special guest, Katoff, from the KFC crew, which is uh, Katoff's Filthy Casuals. <laughs> hey guys. The and you guys are made out of like... <laughs> oh, God. You guys are based out of like what uh, North Jersey is it? Like I, I, I know, like people say Central doesn't exist, but it really is like Central to North Jersey, right? Really, yeah. I guess we right. can say North Jersey. Yeah, Central doesn't exist for me. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's funny because it's like the close... North Jersey. I'm glad it's not South. <laughs> what does that mean? Nothing. It's it's, it's a lovely okay. area. Yeah. No. Anything like. Close to New York, I think, is just North Jersey. Yeah, and that's, that's fair. Cool. All right, so uh, we're doing... I know we said we weren't going to be back until after the rules dropped, but we uh, figure we still got another week or two before that happens. So we'll talk a little about some of the leaks, the spoils that AMG has given us. We're going to talk about what we're expecting for uh, 2.5 and how it's going to change the game, and... Uh, what you can start doing now to prep for it. and But first, we're going to talk about team building. It's a episode that we've talked about doing for a while. Uh, it is something that like is kind of like true to home. It's kind of like how Liberty Squadron started out. Um, <clears throat> you know, we, we you have your stores, you have your um, different places you play. It could be a kitchen table. It could be a, you know... It could be your friend's house. It could be, a, you know, a, like I said, at a, um, you know, a gaming club. But, you know, Liberty Squadron kind of started out as uh, a group of people in the area that were interested in competitive X-Wing. And, and I think that's kind of what it really started out as. And it definitely grew into something a little bit larger. Um, but it's basically the premise of how we started out. Now, um, Kate's off. I mean, I, I met a couple of you guys um, from your crew prior to um, you guys being branded as the KFC crew. And then I just uh, remember yeah. I remember Brett coming uh, home from one of the tournaments in uh, at East Coast Gamers and being like, this new KFC crew is wild. <laughs> and I was like, a KFC crew? And then like I started seeing who everyone was. I was like, oh, so, but I mean, it, it's it's good that like it really kind of like uh, sprung into something. Definitely, definitely. Um, you, you guys got eight of the top ten spots in that tournament. Just I remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, like we we started out pretty much similarly to you guys. I mean, a lot of us uh, came from like competitive uh, backgrounds, actually. Um, like uh, a bunch of us played like uh, fighting games and other games, video games competitively, and we're all just really close friends, and we just kind of just dove into it. I mean, to long story short, but, yeah. Um, and when did you guys start playing? Like the first time I met you guys was like what two or three years ago. I, with the whole lost COVID year, I'm not sure, but it was right yeah. at the Nyack hyperspace. But when did you guys start yeah, playing so before that? So we actually started. Um, we actually started in 2018, uh, and we actually I had played 1.0 like previously, but very like kitchen table, like maybe like one or two games, and then I kind of like lost interest. Not lost interest, but started doing other things. 
I guess it's the same thing. But uh, so 2018 came around and we went to PAX Unplugged, uh, both me and my wife and uh, Mark Argente, who I know you guys know him because uh, he was doing well. I think he, he's one of the first out of our crew that started doing well in tournaments. Uh, him and his uh, wife and a bunch of other friends who we all played board games together. We went to PAX Unplugged um, to just, you know, hang out, go to the convention and play like a crap ton of board games. And uh, we saw uh, the tournament, uh, the X-Wing tournament. We're like, oh, man, I remember playing that like way back. So me and Mark were like instantly hooked and like we were just watching and then we were asking people questions and we're like, OK, we got to bring this back to everybody and, and we got to start playing this. And uh, like closer to like the end of 2018 into 2019, that's when we started playing. Uh, started playing uh, casually at first, um, and then we went to our first tournament at uh, Highlander Games. That was like, oof, like maybe like March or April of 2019, maybe. Uh, yeah, March maybe. Um, and then that was our first tournament, and ever since then we got hooked. Uh, then we started to we're like, okay, let's go to hyperspace trials. It just kept escalating and escalating. <laughs> um, Dude, it's funny that you mentioned that because like I remember when I first started like starting out and i was just like talking to my wife about this and i was just like man i was just like you know they uh this game is like i, I enjoy playing it at like you know casual stores but like these guys are talking about going to maryland and like yeah you know, like, talking about going to like dc to play this game i was like that's crazy and then like sure enough like a year goes by and i'm like driving down to nova and i'm just like mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah it, it, it hooks you like that it really does and i mean a part and partial to it is also the community Everybody is always so nice and welcoming and willing to give out pointers, uh, willing to try to help you to get better as well, at least from our, uh, you know, experience. So it, it definitely, the community definitely helped to uh, steer us in that direction as well. Right. And, and that's like another big thing that like, I think people kind of like underestimate with X-Wing is that like, there is such a big community behind it too, whether um, it's the beneficial community or otherwise. It's it's an actual community that like you can get behind, and I think there's so many different areas that um really get to play the game. That like I mean like okay, just like for example, like me and Brett were talking about, you know, we have this dream of running a uh a group tournament. Um, yeah. And like you know, a team-based thing, and it's really kind of interesting that like we have so many different air uh, teams in this area between East Coast Gamers, between Liberty Squadron, between New York City, um, and then and uh, especially you guys. So it's it's really the community that's kind of evolved to have like all these different sects. Where like I feel like you, a lot of these other games, you don't have that, which is definitely beneficial yeah. to X Wing. I also want to say, too, like, it's not like we do have our quote unquote rivalries, but I feel like it, we're all more so of like a family more so than anything. Everyone is just always so chill and welcoming to each other, like between like you guys, the Liberty Squadron guys and ECG and uh, the KFC and, RS, you know, the KFC slash RSG guys. Like everyone just like we're just all there to have a good time. And it definitely shows everyone's definitely having a good time. You know, it's not like everything isn't fun, you know? Sure. Yeah, definitely. Um... You know, maybe Liberty Squadron might try to sponsor East KFC guys. Yeah, I'll put a little uh, logo of ours on your guys' jersey. Yeah. <laughs> can um, we, can no, we talk about the KFC logo just for one second? So I did not realize that the chicken in the 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 bucket are X-wing ships. Like yes. it is honestly just a beautiful piece of of design work. I as soon as I found that out, I was like, damn. 
I have to shout out. (laughs) (laughs) I have to shout out our um. So Kevin, one of our, uh, he's like one of my very close friends. Obviously, they're all my close friends, but um, him and his wife Ruby, uh, they're the ones who uh, designed our logo. Uh, and it's funny enough, uh, they're actually graphic designers by trade. Um, well, uh, Ruby is particularly, and uh, she's the one who actually uh, together and uh, designed the logo. And uh, it's just it just came out so beautifully. Um, I have to give it up to them. They're the ones who who did all the design work, especially on our T-shirts. Uh, it's it's uh, quite impressive. Uh, you know, it still amazes me to this day how how well they all came out. Because I remember when I first saw the Liberty Squadron one, I was I was also blown away. Like it's so cool with the oh yeah the Death Star and the X wings. And I just remember being like, I can't believe like a group of people just playing this fun game actually like made something this cool for it and and yours is is also incredibly cool like i love that like these little details the community just comes up with they 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 just make it like take it to a whole new level i would say i I gotta give you guys props like i've i've we i'm just like you guys i've traveled i've gone to worlds and i think out of all the other x-wing logos i've seen i don't think i've seen one as creative as the KFC logo. Oh man, that's that's really a lot. Thank you so much. And that, like I said, that's has nothing to do with me. Like that's all Kevin and Ruby, and and like they just did such uh, an amazing job with it. So let's start. How did the name KTOS Filthy Casuals come about? <laughs> all right. So um, so it started off when we when we started playing uh, games. Uh, a lot of our friends jokingly said, "I'll stream it." You know, like put it on the street, put it start a uh, Twitch, and because we want to watch it from home. So I, I made like a Twitch account by jokingly, and then like I, I had this like really rinky-dink like webcam, and I'm like, ah, sure, spread, I'll, I'll I'll stream it, and um, I'm like what am I gonna name it? And my nickname is Ktoff, which is short for Kristoff. Uh, it's fine. Um, uh, so I was like, all right, I'll I'll name it Ktoffs, and then we're pretty casual. So Ktoffs filthy casuals. That that sounds like a good name. Yeah, let's just put it like that. And so that became the the name, um, and then it just it just blew up from there. We <laughs> pretty much. Um, okay, so <laughs> next thing. Um, so you guys made quite the presence at PAX Unplugged. How did you guys go from like, you know, your casual to like, I'm sure you guys practice. I'm sure you guys probably are familiar with the meta. How did you go from, you know, um, playing at like a store on a regular night to being mm-hmm. like, we want to compete. We want to kind of, you know, come up with the, um, the like, be a presence in the um in the community like uh like yeah. did you guys do anything special do you guys have like any kind of like uh like <laughs> routines or is it just kind of like you know the yes. casual discord and stuff like that so i mean like we even before pre-covid we would always have like sessions like at my house or at uh some of our other teammates houses and we just literally just all play like day and night like we just get in like reps like crazy and we'd all just play each other and then after every match we would critique our we would critique each other's moves and we would it was just it's just always such a collaborative effort and we would always just critique what we do and then you know also critique you know what we would maybe want to change and and keep in the list and what worked and what didn't work um so we would we would break it down like every single match like like even after the match was done and then play again or then you know play with other lists and stuff like that uh we also 
like I said, we are a, a good amount of us have a background in, in competitive play for like other games. So like, like we brought that same kind of analysis to X-Wing, um, like meta analysis and, and like what is good, what's not good. And, and even just looking at meta lists and then seeing how we could counter them or seeing how like, uh, you know, how we could get a meta list like that and then kind of tweak it and make it our own, you know, stuff like that. And then we are, because of doing that, our list building also got good too. But it was it's really just uh, like, even like more than half of the list that we play and we field in the tournament, it's all, that's that's all like, like a combined effort. It's not just one person making that that list. It's all, everybody like putting in their two cents and, and tweaking that list um, till we're all happy with it. Cool. I mean, hey, that's definitely the way to go. It's definitely been working for you guys. Like I said, you made quite the presence at uh, PAX Unplugged. I'm a little worried to see where you guys are going to go. Uh, <laughs> I'm surprising. <laughs> Already 25% of packs like that, or like the cutting packs. That was was pretty good. And it's it's actually so important, like what you were talking about, to go over and talk about the games and, and what was right, what was wrong, when maybe someone just got a little lucky. Um, yeah. Like that, right. that self-reflection is so important. And I feel like, uh, I feel like it's almost a difficult conversation to have sometimes with people because, uh, you don't want to come off as, you know, being condescending or overly critical of what happened, but it's also really the only way to get better. I think is to, to really try and strive to, to improve yourself and in, in your play instead of just assuming it's dice or, you know, bad luck. Right. Right, and the other thing I think is uh, important is, like, the reps. That, like, I mean, e identifying, like, different uh, metas and everything is definitely important. But, like, knowing your list and knowing the meta uh, yep. definitely helps. Where, like, if, if you go casual night and you play, you know, your list a couple times, if you take something like that to a tournament, it's obviously not going to work out too well for you. And like, we see it happen too many times where, like, people will be like, oh, I'm so-and-so with this list. I'm, you know, X and O with this list, and then I go to a tournament and just get, you know, dumpstered. So I, I definitely think the reps and, like, trying to identify different things with your list and really critiquing and fine-tuning that uh, definitely is super important. Yeah. I, I, really, though, like, it's... Uh, yes, absolutely. And, and yeah, we're talking about, like, ego. Like, none of us have that. Like, we're all just... We're all just there to support each other no matter what. If one of us wins or wins more, we're just we're just happy. Like... No, right. we're just, we're just, we're all, we're all on the same team, and and any, whenever one of us wins, we all win. Like that, that's just how it is. It's just, it's just really just such a collaborative effort. And, I, and just I, I want to comment. Each other. I one hundred percent agree with that statement, and you know what? And I think that's what I like about X because when I was playing my Imperial Assault days, I was, I mean, I, I, I was with a group that would constantly practice and play each other, and like we'd critique each other. And then when I, you know, said to someone, I was like, oh, I'm rooting for this person because if he wins, we all win. And I got shut down so hard by someone who was like, well, no, this is my list. Oh. I was like, come on, buddy. But <laughs> come on. I think the X-Wing X -Wing community is completely different in that regard. And you want to see your teammates win. And I think that's such a cool aspect of the game. And um, it really can, like, it's a system that can support that. Um and one of the big things is that like there's enough players in this game that can support that. Like now, granted, I know me and Brett will travel to Canada and play each other in the first round. And <laughs> oh man! But I mean, at the same time, there's a good chance that you might not see you know your teammates in the Swiss, and then um, 
to be fair, for PAX, Christoph and I traveled to Philadelphia and played each other in the first round. So, (laughs) (laughs) yes, we did. When we traveled, or when we traveled to Nova, and all of Liberty had to play each other in the first round of Cut. Ah, that's the worst. I mean, that happened. Like I said, Cut's gonna happen. But I mean, like I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. When when you're in Swiss, it's uh, definitely something like. it's the team aspect of it is so great to like when you finish your game and just walk around to all your teammates and see how they're doing. It's something completely different with this game. And and we all try and be like so subtle, like to not insult the the opponent, but like literally (laughs) we're all just doing like (laughs) thumbs up, thumbs down. Like, yep. All right. (laughs) That's exactly what happened. (laughs) It's what I'm just going to get. We should like put like a bounty for your opponent, like is dumpstering someone on your team, make them do the thumbs down for it. Um, but no, awesome. Um, it, it, definitely great things. I I think you guys are going to be making a big appearance when uh, things get back onto thank track. You, thank you. Thank Opens and uh, honestly, I we're just happy to be here. We're just happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> really. Like I said, you're. We'll, we'll call you guys our sister team. Yeah, that's what. That's how I feel about you guys. Exactly. I, I, yeah, I, that's hundred percent how I feel about you guys. And what's, um, what's really cool is you guys started, what, 2019, we said, so like three years ago. And now you guys are like training a whole new generation of X-Wing players because you guys have this awesome crazy. store you're going to. And the community there is just growing like crazy. Do you want to talk about it at all? Yeah. So uh, Red Seal Gaming in, in Madawan, New Jersey. So uh, we had actually first learned about they had a small store before, actually, in South Amboy. And um, right when the pandemic was kind of, uh, you know, uh, peaking and people were starting to come back to the store we had heard about it and we're like okay let's go like me and baron and tom went we're like all right because we heard there was like a a budding x-wing scene there There there's like a a couple people there and then so he went there started playing with the with the locals and then it just uh it just exploded Uh, i mean but i I, we we definitely like we definitely the people that played there uh we definitely took them under our wing and definitely kind of like tried to show them you know like if they wanted to get into competitive play this is this is how you you know this is how you do it stick with us and you know we'll help you out and it's just exploded they ended up moving to a new uh site uh, which is even bigger now and and then now it's just it's just it's just so exponential now it's just getting crazy and chance and i actually went there for a tournament a couple weeks ago with you guys and I mean, it was a really nice store. They had more X-Wing product than I think I've ever seen at a store um, before. Like, the, the owner was really nice. Everyone was, was really nice. The tournament was a lot of fun. So I uh, I would strongly recommend anyone in that area, uh, you know, hit it up and, and go play with, the, with these guys because they're a lot of fun and they're very good at X-Wing. Yeah, I'll, I'll second that. Did you guys <laughs> bully them into buying X-Wing stuff? And be like, go! this <laughs> no oh. well you know what so you know what it what what it was too is like the hype you know you, you walk into a store right and and then you see all these people having fun playing x-wing and you're like Man, i want to get into that and i think that's how like more than half of the people that got into it that asked us about it that's how they got in is they're like man like these like wednesday wednesday nights is when we play x-wing and they're like man there's so many people like playing x-wing like what is this and and you know uh, we have such great teachers there um uh, if I can make a couple of quick shout outs, like Sal, who's like one of like the he Dan is the owner. Um, that's who you guys met, who's a very he's such an amazing and funny guy. Um, but his one of his best friends, Sal, uh, was kind of like the X-Wing guy in the store. And so he's very good at teaching um, a couple of the other locals there. Uh, Tage, 
uh, and Tyler also very good at teaching too. And, and they kind of like, they kind of help people like usher people in. And then, you know, if people want to get into like the bigger stuff, like tournaments or league or more competitive play, like, you know, obviously me and Baron and, and Tom and the rest of the uh, KFC guys are there, but it's just like all, again, like a collaborative effort there. We're, we're, we're helping to bring the community in. And I think like, you know, they're very receptive to it and people see that people are having fun and, and, and they gravitate towards that. How important do you think it is that you guys are playing on a weekly basis? Oh, so important. I mean, like you guys can attest to that. Like <clears throat> even like playing games, no matter, uh, you know, ma no matter whether you win or lose, uh, just getting the reps in, getting that spatial awareness in, like, is just so huge. You know, you get more comfortable with the ships that you're flying. You get more comfortable with, um, you know, the spacing of the rocks, and 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 you just get, you know, you just, you know, get that level of comfort that you don't have to think about that stuff. You can think about like, you know, your critical thinking and 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 playing your your opponent and seeing where the ships are at, and it's just, you know, I think it helps out a lot. And and how important do you think it is that you guys are such good friends? Like outside of X-wing, right? Like I've seen you all interact. You guys, you, you seem more like brothers <laughs> than than just friends. Definitely. Even, um, I mean, a I, lot of these yeah. guys. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, I was gonna say it just seems like that makes it a, a, an even stronger bond, obviously, but like a, a better like learning environment and more open. Oh, definitely. I mean, like it's really just a very fun environment. We joke around all the time and. You get everybody like you know just comfortable in it, and and I everybody like I said like they 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 definitely respond well to that, and definitely eases them and and makes them feel more comfortable in learning and asking questions, and you know they're not afraid to you know, uh you know, get into it more because of that. So I have some questions from your uh, from your <laughs> your your group oh, to God. ask you. So. Uh, oh so boy. They're, they're, they're fine. They're fine. Um, okay. So so the first one is from Baron. He wants to know, <laughs> if you could only pick one pilot to fly forever, which would you choose? Nia Num, Jake Farrell, Fen Rao, or Kylo? Oh, man. <laughs> he knows the ones that I like. Um, Wait, I... is this Brandon? No, no, this is Baron. Oh, oh, okay. So I have a soft spot for Nian. And is one of my favorite pilots to fly. For sure. So I'll, I'll go with him in the end. He is, he is very fun, right? I mean, that ability yeah. is just freaking bonkers. Yeah. All right. So the next one comes from Rumble Rocket. Um, and he wants to know, <laughs> which faction do you think is the best bomber in the current meta? Uh, definitely FO. That, that, that the FO bomber. I've been, I've been playing the FO bomber, and it's just like that preposition just makes it so much more fun and squirrely. I, I love it uh, for the points and everything. Like Y wing is meh, uh, you know. Like I've been trying to make the resistance Y wing work, but it hasn't been. But FO bomber for me personally, FO bomber for sure. All right, and so the last one is from either Brendan or Brandon. And <laughs> if you had to pick an opponent flying a Chewy list or a Tavson list, which opponent would you choose? Oh my God, <laughs> fucking Brandon. Um, <laughs> the Chewy list. All right, I, I promised really these guys I would ask these questions. So. Really, they, that, whoever that was really knows how to get me triggered. <laughs> um, yeah, so one thing I want to say, too, which it kind of just touches on what you were talking about with, you know, everyone being friends and how that really helps. Um, 
the Liberty Squadron Discord right now, Andrew has created a crack in there that we are all addicted to, which is Gritcoin. So anyone who wants to, you know, be hanging out with us should really join this Discord and get addicted to Gritcoin like the rest of us, because that'll only bring us all together and make us all better X-Wing players. You know, the value of Gritcoin doesn't crash like Bitcoin does. It really (laughs) doesn't. I will say that. Oh my god, I'm a totally addicted to that thing. When I'm at work every hour, I'm basically like, oh, time to go to work. Oh, <laughs> time to roll the dice. I've uh, contemplated setting uh, uh, alarms on my uh, on my smartwatch to just vibrate <laughs> every hour, just to remind me, but that way no one else knows. And this is actually breaking news here. Andrew is going to be starting a conversion program <laughs> where you can trade in your Gritcoin for custom-made tokens. So mm. it's it's actually kind of you know going to be beneficial to everyone to be doing this as well. So thank you for that, that Andrew. Can, that conversion oh, rate is going to be pretty high. <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to have to be because people are, will not sleep for days. So just uh, some, some random crate will just be like every hour of work. <laughs> <laughs> No, some random crate will do the math to figure out all of the games and which games generate the most grit coin per per use. That's that's what they do. Mm. Oh my god, the greaticism! All right. Um, <laughs> so moving along, do we have anything else we want to talk about KFC crew? I have one other question. Yes. Um. I heard that there's something about a a, a ritual candle. This one's from oh Brandy. Oh my god! Okay, <laughs> okay. So there's a whole story about this. So actually, you guys will appreciate this because this has happened in Philly. Well, the story uh, originates in Philly. Uh, so our first hyperspace trial, not well, my first uh, hyperspace trial, I should say, the first one when we were all together, me, Mark, uh, Baron, and Tom, um, was at Red Caps Corner in Philadelphia. Uh, which is actually that was one of the first times I met you guys. That's the first time I played, I, I played uh, Jonathan in like round three or four, on stream. I remember that. Um, but at any rate, so uh, Mark uh, subsequently made it to day two of that of uh, that uh, tournament, and we were just like all blown away. We're like, oh my god, like this is our first tournament. Mark is doing so well. Uh, we got so hyped, you know. Uh, we're so happy for him. And so we were waiting in the car. We were waiting in the car, and just so happened that that uh, they were playing Sean Mendez. Uh, I don't know if everybody is familiar with Sean Mendez, but he's this pop star, whatever. Um, so we were listening to music. We were listening to his music in 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 the car while we were waiting to get into Red Caps, and we were getting hyped, and we we're like, oh man, we're, okay, we can do this. Um, and so Mark went on to get to I think, like he Top almost four. won. Uh, yeah, because yeah, I, I have a comment to make about this one when we're done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he 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 almost got a, a world ticket from that, and we're like, all right, that's it. From now on, our patron saint is Sean Mendez. We're like, we're gonna listen to Sean Mendez. <laughs> we're gonna listen to Sean Mendez before every tournament. Um, then we were joking, we were jokingly saying on the ride back home from Philly, like, we should get like a you know a uh, you know because you know they have those uh. Sounds sacrilegious, but those uh, Catholic candles with the saints on it. Yes, I don't know if you guys know that. Yeah, so we're like, let's get a let's get a, a candle with Sean Mendes' face on it, and we'll light it every time. So Tom, being the 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 sleuth that he is, he found a place on Etsy that does that. They they will superimpose a saint version of whatever you know uh, person you want onto like a candle. 
so he bought us this one like like a prayer candle uh, with Sean Mendez's face, but he looks like he's like uh, a saint. <laughs> and so I, so every tournament, no matter what, as long as there's one of us that's playing, we light that candle. And I, I'll post pictures like on the Discord and like just to say that you know Sean Mendez got your back, praying to the <laughs> to Saint Mendez. And uh, I, I mean we've been doing pretty good. So I mean it, he obviously obviously works. <laughs> All right, we need to step up our tradition game. Like we are clearly slacking. We don't have anything our, like that. Yo, you know what our tradition is? Is we plan drinks and Brett says, I'm too tired, guys. That does That's tend to happen. Tradition. But I will I will point out that when I went to the KFC tournament, I went out with them. Of course, you know, oh my, they, yeah. it was the I wasn't there. It's true. Oh, chance chance was there there too. Um so anyway, about that red caps one. So this was I, I had met you guys briefly. Um but so I lost in the top eight to my my very good friend Paul, who was playing yeah. Mark in the top four. And Andrew called me and he's like, "Here, commentate on this game." Um, so I did, and I I literally was so tired. I don't remember anything about it, but I remember the next time I saw Mark, he came up and he was like furious with me about how he said I had said such horrible things about him on stream. And I feel so bad to this day. As, as soon as he said that, I went back to try and watch it on Twitch, but it was gone. So I, I have no idea what I said, but Mark is such a nice guy, and I still haven't gotten gotten over whatever it was I may have said that upset him so much. I don't even remember what you said. I don't, I don't remember. I do remember him being upset, but not like, not like mad upset, just like funny upset. Right, like, oh, this guy's like, you know. <laughs> what a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> So Brett's been a bully ever since we've known him, basically. <laughs> basically, because that was oh, before yeah. I was even on the podcast. Yeah, Brett's a bully. Confirmed. Even Confirmed. when we give him fake lists, he's a bully. Yeah. The worst. Yeah, that's our tradition is that I just get, you know, beaten up on and called a bully. Yeah, yeah. And he can't even make final tables anymore. Um, all right. <laughs> Man. Boom! Burst it. All right, uh, let's move on. We, you know, um, talk about this all night. Uh, yeah, like so, like I said, uh, I definitely, I'm anticipating you guys being making a real presence. I mean, I hope, uh, I hope to see you guys pop up in all the large tournaments. I know it's uh, definitely going to be. Good to see this region get represented. I, I definitely feel like this region is underrepresented yeah. in a lot yeah. of ways. Uh, 100% agreed. And I got to say, my competitive nature, seeing you guys consistently do so, so well, has only made me want to get better and do even better than you. So keep That's doing awesome. that because you're gonna yeah. you're just going to make me more invigorated. Yeah, that that's that's part of all this fun is like we just we're just pushing we just keep pushing each other till we you yep. know we get good you know. So will Let you us commit be a force to reckon with not just here but all around the world? Will I you say. commit to a team tournament in May? Yes, definitely. May. You told me to set something up for May. That's why I, I picked did. that one. Listen, by by proxy, I have beaten Paul Heaver because I've never lost a Tom, and Tom <laughs> beat Paul Heaver. <laughs> At PAX, so by proxy, I've beaten Paul Heaver, and I'm just gonna throw that out there. I agree. I don't know if that math checks out. Quite an accomplishment. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we will move on. Um, We still got a little bit to talk about. We can breeze through this real quick. Uh, AMG dropped two cards. 
Q90, if you fully execute an advanced maneuver, you may perform a calculate or a barrel barrel roll action, even while stressed. If you do gain one strain token, uh, I think this guy's ability is fine that he's just an I-5. Fine. I think this ability is ridiculous. Ridiculously bad? Ridiculously good. This This dial is so strong. Where it has a hard stop and I think a 5k, and then you can at, at i5 do a reposition on top of it. Like, I, I'm 100% in on that. And I think it has like one rolling heart. a red barrel roll after. No, no, it's a, a white barrel order. roll. Okay, still. I mean, well, I don't think you're well, doing that. So let's say I'm going to want a barrel roll anyway. I might as well do the, the red maneuver and. It's I'm in basically the exact same spot. I don't know. You you can't see yourself stopping and then barrel rolling. Uh, if I'm like, if I'm at range zero of something, maybe, or like one range one. You know, it's I don't know. Or I'm, for holding on to objectives. Or for holding yeah. on to objectives. I don't know. I think this this is so much better than the uh, the Mandalorian pilot. I think, uh, or you, and you can get the, the the calculate right. Like that's so it's basically like a kind of a a forlom action type oh, ability. Yeah. Even I like I said, I feel like this is just begging for IG eighty eight D crew as well. Even if you don't fly it with other IGs, just for the advanced droid brain. Yeah, just for the 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 double calc, because you get that both for a regular action or if you're doing the advanced maneuver action you're still getting double calc yeah i don't hate that sure. but I, I have to say i just think the barrel rolls where it's at like i think, I, I think it's wrong. a scenario i don't think i'm ever barrel rolling have Unless you ever like flown like uh forlom or zuckus whichever one it is absolutely and, and you right and you have advanced sensors on there and you do the barrel roll and then stop well, I mean, I think that's your first problem, that you're probably advanced censoring a forlom. I I respectfully disagree. <laughs> Sorry. Doesn't he do a red maneuver every turn? He does, but it's still kind of like, I, I don't know. I think... Um... I'm fighting on this one. I think this one is good. I mean, I, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying he's bad, is what I'm saying. He'll be good just because he's an I-5 medium-based right. scum ship that can take cruise cruise slots. So just yeah. just with that parameter alone, he's good, and his ability just kind of ekes him up a little bit better regardless. I mean, like... I, um, I think I'll see a place, but... I'm a little concerned about the, uh, I, okay. I mean, maybe this is just because I'm a fang player that I just don't like doing red maneuvers and, um, maybe the, this, that will change my, uh, opinion on it. Yeah. But, I mean, this uh, ship is going to do a lot gonna of red maneuvers. I five. Yeah, sure. Um, okay. I, I will agree with you there and I know you're going to agree, disagree with me here on IG 11. So I'll read it real quick. Set up a quick to side face up. Before you would be dealt face up damage card, you must place one fuse marker on this card and gain one calculate token instead. 
Then, if there are two fuse markers on this card, flip it. During the end phase, remove one fuse marker from this card. Then, if this card has no fuse markers on it, you are destroyed. If each other's ship at range 0 to 1 suffers one crit damage, place one fuse marker on action, place one fuse marker on this card. Now, I know you think that this is not going to be good. Um, I mean, I think it depends on which ship you're putting it on, but... Right, okay, so uh, I'll say this right off the bat. I'm not auto-including this on every ship. Of course, right? Like, you don't want this on your 100-point Boba. Right. But, I mean, something like a Bosk, I might be putting it on. See, I mean, Bosk, I, I, I would not... Because Bosk takes a lot of crits, but because he's he's got Greedo and he's only I-4. But, like, the, the I was going to say an escape only... craft, sure. You oh, can't. Okay. No, escape craft is garbage. And I thought... Dead and I... <laughs> Go ahead. Does Dead Man's Switch trigger along with IG-11? I would yeah. think so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a Dead Man's Switch IG-11 boss just goes in there and... Fuse markers would only go off if it was a face-up damage card too, right? So, I mean, if you're getting face-down damage cards, it not even right. triggers, so, right? And, and you need two of them to trigger it. So it's kind of like, yeah, yeah, sure, okay, maybe it's going to happen. But I, I think at the same time, you're probably taking a lot of face-down damage cards. Um, and like I said, I don't know if I'd put this on with Greedo uh, Bosk, but I might put it on like a regular Bosk and um, doing it that way. Especially because you're getting that calculate, which doesn't really matter. I I, I think that's just kind of a little bit of a bonus, but um, especially because it's it's it potentially depending on when it happens, it could be after you shoot or after the only time you're defending. Right. It's, though I guess you got to be careful because this could happen with the new rock rules. You take oh. a crit from a rock. I don't. You, I don't think you take crits anymore from rocks. I thought you oh no! Yeah, it's that. only hits. Is it yeah, only, it's only hits? hits? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one of the things I do think this might be fun on is a falcon, a scum falcon, especially because oh, when you're like, yeah. you're just like, okay, I'm gonna boost, and now you're range zero to one of a lot of things. What was that combo with like the scum falcon with like feedback array and like discharge veins? You could like right. Feel like like multiple falcons with that. The one with like IG eleven and DMS. Like if it dies, whatever, it just does a crap ton of damage to whatever's close to it, right? Hypothetically. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I I think this is going to be a fun card. On, um, like I said, uh, I might even put this on like a Han Falcon. Because so, I mean, Brad, what we, if the first two cards are crits? <laughs> you can't <laughs> wait for someone to to auto blaster and just put crits through that you can't stop and just trigger this on like, right, the so second first engage. Off, I feel like if you're an I6 with a boost, you probably shouldn't be getting that many shots anyway. So maybe it happens. Sure. But I think at the same time, I think that it should be fine. And, and I think it's a little bit of a... Uh, A fun card, especially when we're going to be looking at uh, different objectives. It could be something used for area control. So you know where I think I like it on the Scum Falcon? Is if you also have an escape craft docked. 
And then you have those two extra shields that you can just use at will to to okay. maybe, you know, mitigate some some crits if you're worried you're going to flip this over. I don't know, like, I guess I just, what's really the, the upside of this card? I mean, you're mitigating two damage, potentially. Mm-hmm. But then you die the the next turn, right? Then not next turn. It would be the turn after. You could also keep taking actions to put right. these markers on the card. Yeah, so, so you can I mean, you, you can have... lengthen it. Wow, I never saw the last sentence on this yeah. card. <laughs> right, that's so very I mean... different, actually. You can prolong it. So. I'm good at reading. <laughs> Okay, I I can see a few uses then. Now now that I know that you can, why did they not put a fuse marker on it on the stream? This this is what I, I this is my fault for assuming they played competently. That's why you watch you know don't watch the streams. Pretty much. Wow. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm right. So, but that, that's what I'm saying. Is like I kind of I kind of like this on a on a Falcon, um, especially with something with like passive mods. If you can. Uh, waste your action on placing fuse markers on this, or even like something like uh, what is it? Not suppressive gunner, the other gunner that I like. Um, you like suppressive? Is it suppressive? Oh yeah, suppressive. I'm thinking of uh, the other gunner now. Yeah, so you don't uh, you don't need you, you don't need your focus action for with right. suppressive. Right, right, right. So if you're doing something like the suppressive Han, I think that's fine. And then when you have a good spot, you're just like, okay, I'm going to sit here and blow up, uh, put a crit on your soon here, because that would be funny. That's a good trade-off. Seems good. So here's, like, I still feel like, though, the best ships that you want to put it on, like, you're not really going to be able to. Like, I would be all about putting this on a quad jumper. But they're not going to be black box legal, right? Like, I, I feel like that's the the right. best target think, or maybe a hawk the other thing uh, yeah I, I get that but i also think um what's what's your basis behind that is that they're only going to be seeing one crit and it's going to get mitigated or that that they don't have a ton of health so when they blow up before they would normally die it's not like oh my god i brought off you know a 12 health ship and it blew up after five damage it's like i have a five health ship and it blew up after four maybe they're also cheap yeah they're, they're like I, I i still don't love this card but i now think it's less bad than i thought it was before because reading uh, yeah but, but i also think that with a five health ship you might not even see crits and that's kind of why i said about the escape craft is that like i you might mitigate one crit from it, um, which would be smart, very good use of it. But I think the majority of the time, these points are going to be wasted um, because I think that's the big thing is mitigation of a crit or two. Um, I mean, we've seen how good mitigating crits can be with uh, with Solus One and Impervi or Impervium Plating on Grievous. Yeah. Right. And it could also be, I mean praying to your dice gods i mean it could be something that like okay you're now um about to blow up people could just ignore that ship and it's kind of like it, it might be something that uh 
is beneficial that you know they're just going to worry about doing other things and, and ignore that shit because they think it's just going to blow up or you know it, granted like i said i know it, it will definitely happen where like you have a falcon or something in both your shields or however many shields it has uh pops and then you have two crits sitting there and then you have a full health but i, I feel like the math behind that is very low and the other thing is, like, okay, so I know you're talking about um, Hawks and stuff behind two agility. Uh, I feel like the math behind the one agility, it definitely still benefits it. I mean, the, the, the other thing I'll say on this, though, is it, it, it is a crew card in Scum, which, when you're talking Scum, that is a very useful slot, because Scum has so many good crew, not counting all the new ones we're getting. It is it still is it going to be worth taking this over other really good scum crew though especially on a ship like a hawk that only has one crew slot okay so let's reverse this let's say you have a um uh let's say you have like a canon and this card is on there now your opponent so you're the opponent what's your target priority are you trying to pop cannon or are you trying to maybe avoid cannon with this thing on there i don't know i just oh no there's a lot of good crew like even if this is not totally garbage i don't think i'm taking this okay so then let me rephrase this is if you see this on your opponent um is this something that you even bother caring about? I don't think it changes really how I'm going to like play target ball. priority or anything. Yeah, like depends on the ship. I feel like that it's it's on though, right? Like, well, it, I think it also is going to depend on what you have. Do you have a ship that can potentially generate crits really easily? Like, let's say, um, like a Vader in the Tie X One. Yeah, that's going to make things very sad, or Malice, or something like that. Yep. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, regardless, I'm going to play around with it, especially uh, with the stuff coming out. The yeah. new. I don't hate jump. I don't hate it on Jump Masters. They really, really hate hate crits. Like, yo, what if you put this on um the one that comes uh, back to life on Tell? Oh. So I, I think there was already a discussion on the rule interaction here, and he comes back with like the same charges. So I think he just blows up again, if I remember correctly. He comes back and then blows up the next turn. One thing I will say I see for this, and we we're gonna kind of talk about it a little later, but for the scenario play, especially with objectives or whatnot, potentially having a ship that you can kind of shove in. Uh, if we, if you know it's going to blow up, right? Having a ship you can shove in where your opponent might be grouped together because they're trying to hold on to objectives or something like that. Um, there might be a use for it there. It's still kind of, you know, a little too early to say, but it's something to keep in mind. Right. Uh, I Okay. Um, I definitely think that too. And that's going to bring us to our next topic. It is um, prepping for 2.5. Now, I know when... Um, we, we can talk about IG-11 all night and how ridiculous he is, but, um, I think this will be a good topic to talk about now. And, um, like I said, when 2.0 came out, we all were so pumped for it. And 
we were all guessing points. We were all trying to figure out how to really kind of like get off on 2.0 on the right foot. And it's, I know 2.5 might be a little bit harder to do that because we don't know all the rules or anything like that. But I mean, I also know that people are kind of, we're in this uh, like limbo right now of what to expect and how we can be playing the games. And it's like, you know, we made the decision uh, for PAX to use some of the new rules. I know LVO is using all the rules that they know and stuff like that. So I, I think at the same time, um, if you're not going to any big tournaments and can't really um, need, need a specific rule set to practice, uh, we, we came up with some things that like how you could be preparing for 2.5. Um, so like I said, we know some rules so far and we we're not going to go over them between the different rocks and what road is and all this different uh, stuff because you should all know them already. But one of the, some of the new things that we're going to have to learn is we know that new tournament rules are coming, that it's not going to just be um, you get a point for winning and that's it. So we know that there's going to be different things to learn there. But I think one of the biggest things that we have to try to figure out is like list building. Um, now, now I would definitely say if you're trying to practice for 2.5, go with what you know and use as many of these rules as possible jumping into 2.5. Uh, but have in the back of your mind that the list that you're flying now are probably going to be completely defunct come another week or two. And I'm excited for it. I don't know if you guys are. Um, I sure am. Right. So, like, I mean, me coming from a... Um, I'm not even coming, but, like, from playing Imperial Assault, Zach, you can probably back up, like, playing different miniatures games um between warhammer and stuff like that a lot of all these games are objective based and i i'm sure everyone remembers at the end of 1.0 when all the big podcasts joined forces together to make objective um an objective x-wing and here we are it's actually coming to the game um so let's talk about some of the things that well, all right, why don't we talk about this? Why don't we talk about like some archetypes that are current that might be defunct from what we know? So, uh, Brett, we were talking about like the different um, scenarios that we have coming. And there's like, so we got uh, like the snatch and grab, control, dogfighting. Um, what is role scenario? Oh, zone control. <laughs> Why did that enter? Yes, okay. So right, so we, we have a general idea what the four are. So so what are we saying? Just like what what do we think is okay, gonna okay. be good or bad in them or why, yeah, well why don't we say that? So like I mean like something like aces, like uh okay, let's let's talk let's first right off the bat, like talk about like Ollie's list. Now uh, I'm willing to uh, I've said this before, I'm willing to put money on that during tournament play, we're not going to see... It's not just going to be a random pull out of the hat. We're going to probably... It'll probably be a random pull out of the hat. But once one scenario is done, it's done for the day until the cut starts. So, um, we're likely to see all scenarios be played throughout a tournament day. So let's jump right in. Like Something like Ollie's List. 
from Worlds. Is that something that you think is going to be able to maintain something like this in scenario play? I mean, we can go around the horn if you have a list of uh, yeah, something so, that would so, be defunct or mm-hmm. coming back. Right, so Ollie's list is um, Whisper, Vader in the X1, and Grand Inquisitor, if I remember correctly, right? Correct. Okay, so I think that's a list that can do very well in a zone control scenario. The uh, the Phantom moves in a very unique way that can allow you to stay very close to, to the objectives that you're trying to, you know, quote-unquote camp. The... Uh, the TIE V1 has a very great slow dial with the blue one banks and one hearts. Um, you can really just sort of pivot there and, and maintain your area of control. Vader is fine. He can go slow. He can, he can, you know, go faster if he needs to. Like he's, he's a, just an all around good ship, you know, both in, in regular X-Wing and I think for a scenario like this. Um, I think that list, however, could struggle in a, a snatch and grab scenario if you have to use an action for it. Um, Whisper needs an action, right? Like without an action, she is in a, a, she's a very different ship. Um, Vader can take a lot of actions. So uh, there, you know, you're converting a force point, potentially grabbing an objective that's worthwhile. Um, But Grand Inquisitor also oftentimes wants to take that evade token to, to try and stay alive. So those ships are kind of a little, neutered in in a situation like that where they might have to to spend a an action and that that could be in two of the four scenarios we know of the snatch and grab and the the tagging points type objective i mean so chance- two things two, two things i want to hitch off of that one um that list especially every ship in that list does have force i do think is if a snatch and grab scenario which is something that requires you to take actions I definitely think passive mods are going to go way up for a scenario like that. Um, and in that list, like I said, every ship has force uh, available. Um, on the flip side, I do worry for a lot of the, the zone control and whatnot that a list like that is lives and dies by arc dodging. And if you need to be in a specific area... Um, it makes your aces... Do- the whole point of an ace is, is that you're not supposed to really be able to tell exactly where they're going. Uh, or if if you can, they can reposition out of it. Well, if they're still kind of being relegated to having to go in a certain direction or to a certain area of the board, that takes a lot away from what they're normally capable of doing. I am very glad that you brought that up. Um, because, yeah, I, I, I see... That and uh, I see as uh, objectives uh, as being a, a thing that, like, granted, I think that um, stuff like Vader and Soonseer and Whisper and Grand Inquisitor are all going to have spots in the scheme. But I also think that when stuff like that happens and you have to be in a certain quadrant or specifically uh, try to get to a certain point into the board it takes a lot a lot of their agency away and it's kind of like um we kind of already know that you can't with some of these scenarios you can't just blow up the other team and win like there's going to be objectives that you really need the points to um to get so uh, i think that's that's something that's very important to consider like now I, i'm really anticipating um not even just high ship counts, but I think there's going to be a lot of different things that um, are going to pop up in these. And 
I could see Vader and some other things popping up, but I, I don't know if like the three of them together or like triple aces is going to be something real viable in the game anymore. I, I I'm definitely in on, I think triple, you know, small health, high agility aces. I, I really don't think they're going to, they're, they're going to be near. I mean, we admittedly, they, they haven't been as relative in the meta for a while with road and everything. And I think this is just another nail in the coffin to, what we all, you know, know and love or hate as traditional ace play. Right. Or ace lists. Um, okay, so... Uh, I, real quick, the, the, the one flip side admittedly to that, so yes, if, you know, zones or objectives or whatever, you know where the ace is going. There is a flip side of that. The ace is also know where you want to go as well. So there is a bit of a 50-50 to that. Um, but I don't think it's enough to to make up for what they're what they're losing or what they already lost potentially. But yeah, I do think like as one of the lists I'm looking at is a just a Vader and a bunch of tie kind of thing, um, just to get bodies on the board, but still have a good hard hitting tanky ship kind of idea. I was right. gonna say like a lot of like those ace plus like squad lists or ace plus yep. battleship lists seem like it'll like thrive in this kind of like a. Uh... You know, um, meta with uh, all the different um, the, areas. The thing, the thing I'm looking the least forward to, and I think this is uh, this is 100% your ballpark. Are those like four to five ship resistance lists that are yeah. just all quality ships? They usually all have a decent amount of health. Like anything in resistance with like two T70s and some other stuff. I right, think I it's like going to be. Like, 4T70s is really good, right? Like, I feel like... Oh, that could, God, like, yeah. You could close the space, like, for Snatch and Grab. They have four straight plus boost and still have enough firepower to, like, ward anybody off. So a four to five ship, like, lists, like, beefier lists definitely seem like uh, the way to go, at least initially. And know, again, passive mods. Right. Like, a lot of the resistance stuff gives passive mods for rerolls and and whatnot. And with yep. both the new bump rules... um. And potentially having to lose actions, the the passive. I mean, as as if passive mods aren't already good, this could potentially just make them even better. Yeah, definitely. Right. Uh, so I, I think I'm definitely in on Ace Plus Squad. I think that archetype's gonna still be around for a little bit. Um, just from brute force, I think too. Just that you have bodies on the board, you have stuff like that. Uh, and then you have like the bully to really kind of do what you need to do. Um, so, it, yeah. here, here's my question. So, so triple ace is for the most part, I think, going out the door. What do we think about two ship builds in general, right? Like double fire sprays or Boba Fen or a- any of those two ship builds. I really Luke worry. Khan. Hmm. Lucan. Yeah, Lucan. Yeah, no, legitimately. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about Lucan because I've given Lucan a lot of thought. Right? No, and really? So here's here's our, our four scenarios, right? Zone control. So Han counts for, for double for zone control. So I can probably count on winning whatever objective Han is going to be next to basically the entire game. And Luke can probably pick up two to three points, if not more than that, just throughout the game while he's being squirrely. So I think that, that zone control, they're probably in an okay spot. Um, snatch and grab. You want to talk about two ships that don't care about their actions? It's Han, 
with a ton of rerolls yeah. and a ton of force, and Luke, who always has full force. Um, and chance engagement, well, the biggest risk with flying Han Luke was that Han gets half-pointed, and you don't have enough time to make up those points, and half-points are, are just gone, right? Or they do they exist in chance engagement, or are they gone across the board? I think I might still um, count in that. Yeah, we, we don't know the rules for yeah. chance engagement, so they okay. might exist for that scenario, but that's still to be... Yeah, so if, they, if, they're, if they're there in that scenario, I still think it was a strong list anyway, so I think it can do well in a dogfighting one. But the other three, at least, we know half points are definitely gone for. So, right, they need to, to actually kill that Han, which is a very difficult thing to do, right? It happens maybe, like, once every five or six games that that Han dies. So he's he's point fortressing better than he ever has before. He's, he's a big body to get zone control, doesn't care about his actions, and can still hit like hell. I... I'm not super high on two ship lists, but I think that that's one that could do well here. I think just reinforces what I was saying that p- passive mods, whether it be through force or rerolls or whatever, are really going to be make or break in a lot of these. Um... Yeah, which is not very different than just in Correct. general. Correct, but the, like... they'll, be, they'll be good for almost a different reason. Um, the other archetype I'm, I was curious about is the... So, we want to talk about ship counts. So, like Brett mentioned, though, that Scum Falcon, right, counts for... for The zone control counts for three in, versus the standard one for a small or two for medium. What do we think about... Still, but I think it's one for small ships and two for medium or large, but oh, still, my, I, still at least twice as much. Still, yeah. Um, like, the, the classic, like, three ship Scum Big Base... Um, because now with those, so if those three ships, if it is only two, you're still counting as six, essentially. I think the three ships scum big or any, any faction big base uh, lists, I think has more in this game than the, the ace lists that I think are kind of on their way out. So you're asking what we think about them, or do we th- do you think they're going to be? Think yeah, yeah. Do you think uh, that that kind of list is something that would have you know a horse in the race with these scenarios? Um, so the, the that's the one thing about um, big base scum ships is, is they're pro they're mostly easy to take down. Um, I. I think Boba is still going to be a contender in the game. He's just something that is, if it's ship so counts good. go up, yeah. If ship counts go up, I mean, he's just going to get stronger because he's he Boba. Gets his slot back. <laughs> oh if my that, god. Um, I I don't know if there's going to be anything any viable three base large base scum list at the moment. Um. Especially seeing like zone control, um, it, it could count. But you got to remember, they're also these things are pretty slow. Like I mean, like the Falcon is probably pretty strong because um, it can move around. Uh, the fire spray is definitely strong because it can move around. But like something like Bosk can't. Um, so so I I don't know if I would have to really kind of read all the rules of the scenarios before I could jump onto something there. I wonder if something like Ketsu 
could be fun tractoring tractoring uh, your opponent's ships off of objectives. Oh. Banned. <laughs> oh, that's good. Oh, that's good. <laughs> no black James box out of here. Oh, oh, right. I forgot about that. Yeah. There's too many moving I... pieces, right? It's tough to remember it all. Um, oh, man. So, so here's the problem that. with the, the big base scum ships. I don't think they're very good, right, when you have three yeah. of them personally. And if 25% of the scenarios are just dogfighting, then are you punting on that 25% against a lot of lists? Very true. I also wonder how worked how scenarios are going to work into cut. Like if they're going to reset. Yeah, they or would. Just would they? Okay. I also wonder if like final table is it always going to be the same? Is it going to be a locked scenario for final table, or is it still going to be random? I would if assume I random. Yeah. Any experience? Yeah, yeah. They usually just kind of uh, they kind of just reset once the cut starts. Okay. Um, so what, what other archetypes, uh, swarms, uh, I think people are anticipating swarms to be good. Um, I think the problem with swarms is, and I, I see this with ace plus squad too, is they have a lot of brute power and they, I feel like they have a lot of purpose of being like, okay, we can hit very hard because we have so many guns. Um, what, what but... swarms? would we be talking because like i when when people say swarms my mind immediately goes to tie swarm and with the new bumping rules i don't know if i ever want to fly a tie swarm ever That's again scary yeah, yeah it, it's scary but I, I think at the same time if you think about the uh where your template lands rules i mean i i think people are gonna when they really kind of like put it down i, I don't think it's going to be as bad as people think it's going to be um but I also still think that, like, even if it's not, like, a full, true six-person, like, six-ship swarm, um, I think people might try to work it out as far as some of these uh, objectives might go. Now, I, I think one of the things that I think, uh, I'm sitting here saying, I think, like, 10,000 times, um, what people are probably going to have to figure out is that, your brute force might not be the right answer anymore. And I think like different things like defensive mods are going to be stronger because you want things to stay on the board for X amount of time. Like, I don't know. Will Sarasu see any kind of play? Um, will stuff like that start to like pop up as opposed to, are there any tie defensive mod yeah, there's there's re well obviously there's Aiden, which is you know uh just sure, a tie right, just right. doesn't die, and then there's um I believe it's Del Mico gives the uh uh reroll you get to reroll a defense die if the da uh, defend if the attacker is damaged. Okay, it's the ship zero that to no two of him ever remembers. Yeah. So there, there's a few, and then there's some of the other ties that just give you, like, extra actions, but they're the ones that no one really uses. So pretty much it's really just Aiden, and then, to a lesser extent, Dell. Captain Faroth might be cool. So... Yeah. So but, he... Okay, I mean, I think swarms are going to be... People are going to try to probably get ships on the table, but I... I... 
curious if defensive mods are going to be a little bit better on the way to go as opposed to the brute force that uh, Storms are normally uh, gravitating to. Yeah, Brett. So that's actually interesting because I was going to say the one list I am very confident is going to be the best list in the game is whatever list is the best jousting list because uh, you can ignore these scenarios if you can kill your opponent quick enough, right? Like there, there's almost no way they said for you to win a game strictly based on scenario play. So, I mean, when I was flying Harrow, Wedge, Luke, and Jake, it was not uncommon for those games to end after turn six or seven. Well, they're not going to have enough objective points at that point. I like, I'll, I, I play my regular game. I'll grab some objectives here and there. That just makes it even easier for me to, to, to get to the win condition I need. Because see, I thought I, I thought I heard the opposite that if you do play the objective, you're not going to be. A, not, I wouldn't say that you have to worry about um, losing the game if you get tabled, but I, I'm curious if. Uh, you can just work the objective as opposed to like, obviously there's going to be ups and downs for destroying ships, but um, I think at the same time. Yes. I, I think what they said was you can't win by only playing the objectives. Yeah. Okay. So, so if that's the case, right, the best jousting list in the game, whatever that ends up being at that point is just going to be hands like, a, you know, ahead of everything. Like, cause they'll, they'll do great enchanting engagement. Jousting is is always strong. People will opt into the joust when they shouldn't. And, and there'll be less arc dodging yeah, aces. And, and they'll do a good job at, at capturing scenario or zones just by playing the game. Uh, there'll be probably enough ships, right? The best jousting list isn't usually two ships, so they'll have some bodies on the board. And, you know, maybe they're not wasting a lot of actions tagging points, but if they're killing enough ships, they're going to hit that 20-point threshold uh, probably sooner than anyone else's. So, um I think the most important thing is how do I do enchant engagement? If I have a really strong list for dogfighting, then it's probably going to be able to be fine for for what is essentially an easier dogfight where you're getting, you know, free points just by being in certain places. Okay, uh, no, I, I definitely get what you're saying. I'm I don't think I agree with it though. Uh, yeah, I think I'm with Andrew on this. Um, I, I get that. Brute force is gonna and, um, but we don't know that actions are gonna involve, um, any of these objectives, right? We don't know that yet. So, but I, I think at the same time, we do need to see if the um what the rules are, and if you do blow up your entire the opponent squad, like, do you just lose out on all the points that, um. Uh, you could have been getting from the objectives. Like, it, so, does the game does the game end when one side is completely different? The game Here's, ends. Yeah. Well, game, no. So, but, yeah, go ahead. Trevor. Go ahead. I was going. One thing I want to say. So, yeah, you might win uh, the the game by just blowing up your opponent's list, but um, I think they talked about different win conditions, and there could very easily be a win condition that's just defeating your opponent by destroying their list. Or defeating your opponent by both destroying part of their list and winning off with objectives. Um, so, like, someone that wins all of their games by just total destruction versus someone that wins by destruction and objectives might not end with the same overall score. So that's possible, but that's not how they describe the, 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 the game, really, in the wins. So the way it is now is that everyone plays to 20 points. 
And like, so for instance, when you say the, the game, was it this scenario or was it? No, they said this is, this is just the way X-Wing okay. is now. Okay. Um, so you played at 20 points. Um, so for the zone control object or objective, they showed each time you captured a zone, you got one of those 20 points. Um, and then when you killed a ship, you took the number of points the ship was and divided it by 10. So if it's a 100-point ship, you when you killed it, you got 10 of your points right there. So you still only need to get to 20 points, which just happens to be 200 points worth of destruction. So you can hit that just by destroying your opponent. And again, it's even easier, right? Everyone's going to capture some zone objectives at some point because they're spread throughout the board. So as you're flying through there, you'll be the only person near that at some point. There's there's 10 of your, your 200 points that you essentially need that you've destroyed now by doing nothing. I think so, you're still wrong. Not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying rules-wise. I'm saying um, I, I, think you're, I, I think you're taking this to be that it, it's going to be easier than it is. I mean, maybe if, like you're you're not going to be at the point now where you can just half point something and run away, right? Like that's no longer a viable strategy because of these things, right? But if your but, strategy uh, but, was destruction already, like you're you're, it's easier to get twenty points of destruction here than it was without objectives. Okay, Brett so just makes, wants to. What, Brett just wants makes, to keep flying his Han Luke list. <laughs> I think that's could be too true too. But so what makes what makes the uh, Thai Inquisitors so good? Tight turns, three agility, and shields. Right, and they can and linked evade, actions. They can evade, evade, evade and force. they can also have that force. And I think that's going to be a strong indicator because, you know, yeah, sure, some lists are going to be just bully and bulldozer, but I mean, I think there's going to be a lot of defensive mods that you're just going to be like, okay, you can't kill me. And I'm going to be collecting these points, and if you know, I'm doing the defensive mods. I don't give a shit if you're shooting at me. I'm still gaining points. Now, granted, um, like I said, that there, you know, that could not sometimes swing in your favor. But you don't have to play the game of I'm going to joust you anymore, and you could be collecting points and uh, along those lines. So I, I think that it's a bold strategy to say that you know you can just blow up your other your opponent's list, but they don't have to play that game anymore. And I, and that's where I think people need to learn that this is a, a the 2.5 is that you can, you might very well just have someone that's like, okay, we're just going to joust. And then whoever has the most amount of ships at the end of it goes and collects the points. But I also think there's going to be a certain area where, like I said, people aren't going to play that game and they might, you know, have different opportunities to be like, okay, well, um, something like capture the flag, like they could have a specific flag carrier where, um, you know, they are, are a very defensive ship that is very hard to blow up. And I, I think that's going to be like a, a big tell of where this game is at the moment. And, I'm hoping them as developers have identified that, that like um, we're going to see th that you don't have to just sit there and dogfight in, in order and play different. If you play the objectives, I think you probably have a better shot of winning the game as opposed to, and like I said, I, I don't think that I, I'm 100% um, on that, that, 
you know, you probably still can destroy your opponents, but I, I think there's going to be strategies and stuff out there that are, are opposite of that. And that was my tent. I mean, hey, it's possible, <laughs> but for the history of X-Wing, bringing the best jousting list has been a good idea, and I don't necessarily see that going away. I mean, they, they said that the whole point of the objectives was to force engagement, right? They wanted to get rid of people fortressing in the corner and not engaging. So, since they're now even trying to make it more enticing for engagements, I don't know. If, if I'm going to a tournament and I, I want to do well in the first, uh, you know, the first 2.5 tournament, I'm bringing the strongest jousting list I can come up with, probably. Hey, you're not wrong. And, and engagements, I think, are going to happen. But I, I think in, a, in an objective-based game, it's not always going to be the case funny because the points that both of you are making just in my mind keep reinforcing in my head that that four to five ship resistance list is going to yeah. be the best well, option ship, like beef list whatever like yeah Rebels, you know, i mean like i just when i think i when i think of it i just think the the resistance one generally has passive mods that it can use for offense and defense with a lot of the ships um so that like i said it plays to both points it'll be both a good jousting list but also, if it wants to hold an objective, it both has the beef and it has defensive mods, potentially, right. to stay on those objectives. But, like, Krista, what, 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 is, your, what is your thoughts on, on all of this? I mean, I, I definitely agree with the whole jousting thing. Like, yeah, it's, it, it's definitely not 100%, like, down pat, if you're jousting, you're, like, you're bringing a jousting list that you're going to win. But it's gonna give you. I feel like it'll give you the highest chance. I mean, like, like not even considering the the five ship salad, uh, resistance salad. But like, how about the rebels? Like the the rebel token passing the, vo the fo focus volleyball list. Like, there's a lot of defensive mods there and a lot of offensive mods. It it can do both, you know. So, this either way, whether you're going for objective or just straight up just completely demolishing your opponent, um would be the best uh thing but also what brett said brett said too about uh they because i do remember them saying that they're trying to uh, increase the tempo of the game you know they don't want you to fly around anymore and i don't know how they're going to do it but if they are giving more you know if it is ends up being better to have like more defensive mods that's kind of backtracking on 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 what their you know or you know their intended uh their purposes, you know, for changing all these rules. So, right, and, and I'm like I said, I'm not disagreeing with any of that. Like, yeah. I, I think that's a lot of it is very true. Um, I, I don't know if, like, I, I think their engagements are going to happen. I think they're going to force engagements. I don't know if destruction is, is going to be the end goal of it. And um, that I think this is going to just have to wait until right. we see what they uh end up what these scenarios actually right. look like and what the actual rules are i mean andrew you play marvel crisis protocol i don't know if we can talk <laughs> about that here but sure. like if you play that like you can see like even if you try to like kill all the people on the other team like objective is king there for the most part like you can you can try to like i remember like the handful of games that i played i was literally just trying to wipe the team off the board but nope. by the end of it i like the objectives just like would take me over like whoever was i was playing against was just doing the objectives and I, I would completely lose because of that. So. Right, right, right. And, yeah. and that exactly like, I mean, that is a really good point that it's like, um, especially when something like squad building, like something like this comes out, like 
you could have a really fast ship that gets places where it needs to be, and your opponent could be like, okay, well, I'm going to blow up your other ships over here, and be like, okay, that's nice. I'm also gaining 20 points over on this side of the board, which doesn't even matter. <laughs> um, you know, maybe their ships survive and they can get out of there, but, you know, it, so, it, like I said, I, I think it's not necessarily have to be defense, but I, I think we need to see what the scenarios are going to be and uh, and how they're going to really relate. And uh, give it to AMG. They, I think they did a great job um, with Marvel Crisis Protocol. My uh, qualms yeah. with the game do not involve the objectives. I will say that. There's other things about the game I do not like, <laughs> but it's not the objective play at all. Um, so uh, I do give them that credit. I agree. Um, anything else we want to talk about? So, like I said, I mean, I, I think that's going to be the biggest thing if you're prepping for 2.5 is get out of this list building. Um, you know, if you have to really kind of take list building these objectives into consideration and, um, you know, maybe Brent is right. Cause I have been wrong a fair number, number of times. I'd be curious to see if we get completely off the board, like off the chart like lists where like something like Fairship Rebels comes back or something like a, a bombing list comes back because if there's going to be board control and stuff oh. like that like it, it's something that I think is going to change the game completely. Yeah, I think what you and I, I think we may have said this before, but what you want to do probably is pick a list that you think does well in three scenarios, um, mm-hmm. and you know understand that there's a chance that there's going to be a bad matchup and a bad scenario for you. Because if you are just trying to get a list that is fine in all four of the scenarios, that's probably going to be subpar. So you have to recognize that you're not going to be able to build the perfect machine. Right. Also, if you're a triple ace player, I def as someone who likes triple aces, don't get me wrong. The, the ace plus, you know, mini swarmer or whatever, just you, you might want to try some some different lists that are a little outside of your normal comfort zone that will be a little more flexible with, like you said, you know, three or so of these scenarios. Or just move to uh, the United Kingdom and uh, keep playing <laughs> 2.0, period. Apparently, um, that's what they're doing. <laughs> Apparently, um, the plane tickets are still expensive. It's funny because, like, if you think about it, like, too, like, you, if I have a objective or a specific scenario I'm bad at, I'm hoping I get that in, like, the first round <laughs> and playing someone <laughs> at zero points and be like, okay, I don't know what your list is going to be like, so uh, let's hope that I My prediction, that. the first tournament that Brett and Andrew are at, they're going to face each other round one, and they're going to get the chance engagement. Of just uh, a dogfight. And, and my they're just going to be play. better at jousting. That's what I've learned from this They're just going to play X-Wing 2.0 for the first round. And then Brett will get tabled. into the future and have seen 10,426 scenarios. And I table Brett in every single one of them. <laughs> every single one of them, except for this one. <laughs> except for this one, right. It hasn't happened. Uh, all right, so I, I think that's going to start to close out this episode. Um, it's been great talking about what we're expecting. Hopefully, our next the next time we record, uh, the rules are out and we can really dissect everything. Um, with that, 
Um, we've got a couple news. Um, so I know the Patreon was completely lacking for a while, and we lost touch of it. We had, you know, COVID was bad, but we are um, going to start to revitalize things with that. Um, and I know you probably don't trust us with it or me with it. Um, however, um, any uh, of our previous subscribers and future subscribers by the end of February will be getting uh, packs unplugged prize support. I will anything that I have left over, and I have a good amount left over, will be distributed through our um, Patreon system. So you will be getting that. And like I said, if you were a subscriber um, from a certain point, or a subscriber up and uh, by the end of February, you will be getting some of that swag. Um, after that, we have a very um, good tournament um, that Mike Bird is putting on over at East Coast Gamers. Uh, once we get all the information locked down, I believe it said it's going to be April 30th, but it does uh, it does benefit a very good cause. Um, all our Patreon members will be getting, we're going to be designing uh, cancer ribbon locks uh, that we will be sending out so that um, if you want to request certain colors or anything like that, we can make that happen. And uh, the ribbon, I believe, will be wrapping your ship um, around the base. And then uh, we'll have a little nice little message to cancer at the lock point. Um, so we'll be doing that for all of our Patreon members. And on top of that, Anything that we get in the month of April will be going directly to uh, this charity. I believe it's the JF Party Dragon Foundation over in Jersey. Um, so we'll be donating all of the proceeds that we get from the Patreon to that. And you will also be getting the locks on top of that. Um, and 1,000 grit coins per month, right? And 1,000 grit coins per oh, month. Oh! You... <laughs> that. Um... We are just destroying this economy. <laughs> if if we, I will put our Discord information in the link of this episode, so make sure you check that out. Um, Ketoff, the floor is yours. Do you have any shout outs? Do you have anything you want to say? Oh, man. Out? Yeah, I just want to shout out um, Red Seal Gaming uh, first off uh, for giving us uh, a home, um, letting us grow a community there of X Wing and. You know, I just uh, thank you to everybody there, um, people who were teaching, the people who were playing, the people who were coming in, um, for just uh, having fun with us. And and just want to give also a shout out to my team, uh, KFC, uh, all of them. Like, just, you know, we, we always, we, we're always got each other's backs and we're always helping each other in X-Wing and out of X-Wing too, you know. So I, I just uh, want to say thank you to uh, all of them uh, just for... Putting up with me and uh, <laughs> following me into this uh, into this foray of X Wing. They put up with you a lot of here. Awesome. <laughs> yes, they do. They, they have your they have your name on their jerseys. They're just fine. <laughs> right. Yeah, they we're do. promoting this guy. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, any other things before we close out, guys? Yeah. Nope. Cool. All right. Uh, so again, like I said, I hopefully the rules are out before our next episode. Thank you for listening. Join us on Patreon. Join us on Facebook. Join us in our Discord and 
get that Brick coin. Brick coin. Chance and, and I have both gotten Brick coin as we've been recording. When you join like... Facebook. <laughs> oh, you bastards. Um, when that you uh, join our Facebook or Discord, make sure you select a role and uh, don't just hang out in the welcome channel like some people have been doing. Um, all right. So thanks again for listening and have a great night.